and welcome back to Manic and Medicated. Today is Storytime Saturday, and if you didn't know, we are doing a new episode every single day for the month of February. It's my own challenge that I made up because, you know, I just want to be, like, really cool and popular. No, I really don't care, but I did this because I want to get back into the podcasting sphere in a way that is more thought-provoking, really showcases my personality and so you guys can get to know me a little bit more while also talking about topics that are very interesting. So today for our story time Saturday we are going to be talking about what it's like to be in the service industry. If you don't know no I'm talking so fast. I had so much caffeine. I'm so sorry. I need to slow the fuck down. I'm getting ready for a wedding right now, and because I'm doing this every single day, it's so hard to make time for it, but I am doing it because I told myself I would. But if you don't know what the service industry is, it's basically just working in a restaurant, working with customers, and just the day-to-day. So today we're going to be discussing a little bit about some past jobs that I had in the restaurant industry. I will will not be talking about my current job that I have now just because I would like to keep my job. So I'm only going to be talking about stories and things that have happened in the past. So being a waitress, a server, a waiter, whatever you want to call it, is very... um challenging sometimes mentally, emotionally, and physically. Some people will say it's not a hard job, and I totally get that. Like, you're valid in saying that, but also I'm valid in saying go fuck off. Um, I think, for the most part, it is an easier job. It's kind of high stress. Um, we're definitely not doing brain surgery or anything, but People come in and they want an experience. People are paying a lot of money for that experience, and they have an expectation of what that should be. So it's a lot of pressure to put on servers, but as a server who cares, me personally, like I want to deliver your expectation. But sometimes those expectations are a little different from what I'm gathering, and wires can be crossed, and people can be a little agitated sometimes. So I'm going to be just jumping into first, what are the common things that customers have said to me? And this is just a general thing that people do, and I kind of can pick up on what people are going to do next based on what they say to me, because I've seen it all. I've seen it all. So the first thing that is very common that people will say to me is when they're done eating and I take their plates from them and I'm like, is there anything else I can get for you? And it's before I like offer them coffee or tea or dessert. And someone at the table will say the million dollar lottery number or the million dollar scratch ticket. And then I just stand there with the plates. And I love when they do this when I'm holding heavy plates because then I can just smile. And I usually say, yep, when I find it, I'll I'll let you know. And I just walk away because it's like I'm holding heavy plates. So I can't really stand there for much longer. But I always die laughing when I walk away because I'm like, Stanley, if I had the million dollar lottery ticket, you think I'm going to be like, oh, I'm the winner. Let me call him up. Hey, hey, buddy, we won. We won, we won the lottery. Yep, me and you. $500,000 for you and $500,000 to me. And then make sure after they take 30% taxes, you know, we're left with whatever. And then make sure in your will, when you die, you give me the rest, okay? Because you're, you're about 80 years old. And it just, it kind of cracks me up. But yeah, that's a huge thing that people will say. Probably one of the number one things. 
Also, when a customer says, I'll take care of you, the reason, there's usually a couple of reasons as to why a customer would say this to me. One, they have a large party and they're paying and they don't want anyone to know. Two, they've been wildly rude to me or have been overly needy to the point where they think they're the only table in the restaurant and I'm like basically bending over backwards and jumping through hoops to make them happy, but I'm willing to do it because it's my job. And they're like, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Or three, they just say it and they're the small percentage that actually takes care of me. And what I mean by that is nine times out of 10, when someone tells me they will take care of me, that only means they're leaving anywhere between 15 and 20%, which is the norm. Um, And I know tipping is a very sensitive topic to some people, and I'm not going to get into that, but it grinds my gears when somebody is just so, they act like they're godly and they're like, I'll take care of you. And they don't let anybody at the table look at the bill. Because they want to pay for it to look good. And then when I open the, the bill after they leave, they will leave me 15 to 20% after saying they're going to take care of me. My thought process is, is when you say, I'm going to take care of you, it's when you've realized I've done a phenomenal job and you want to compensate me for that job. But I will say the people who do take care of me in that way monetarily, they do not tell me ever. If someone is leaving a 30% tip, I've had people leave 100% tips, I've had people leave 50% tips, they've never told me before they've left it. They've never been like, hey, I'm going to take care of you and hand me money. That's never happened. And it might have happened maybe once, but the fact of the matter is if you're sitting at a table and somebody says in your group of friends and they're paying and they'll say to the waiter, I'll take care of you. Nine times out of 10, I want you to look at the bill before you leave because they have just left me 15 to 20 percent, just so you're aware. (laughs) And that's it's not a bad thing to leave 15 to 20 percent. I'm not mad at it, but don't don't proclaim what you're going to leave to everyone at the table to make yourself look good because in the back of my brain, I'm like, you're just leaving me the normal amount. And I don't get overly excited because I know at the end of the day, because I've been doing this for almost a decade, what that means. So it's more about making themselves look good and more about me just being like, okay, that's cool. But I am grateful no matter what I get. And I don't want anyone to think that I... I am owed more than what that is, but you get what I'm saying. Also, (laughs) when somebody finishes their food and it's like everything has gone off the plate and they give it to me and they'll be like, I want your manager because can you tell that I hated it? And then I have to laugh and I'm like, oh my God. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can totally tell that you hated it. And that's another thing where I just giggle. Usually it's very like friendly and it's usually a table that I really like. So it's, it's usually older people who like haven't been out in a while and they say stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know how hard my fake laugh should be, but I don't want to make people feel bad for joking around with me, especially when they're nice. But that one always gets me because I'm like, ah, (laughs) okay. Also, when people ask me what my name is if I'm not wearing a name tag, and they tell you how pretty it is. So my name's Carissa, obviously. So when people 
see my name tag or they can't really see it. And they're like, wait, what's your name again? And I say, Carissa. They usually go, Clarissa. And I go, no, Carissa, just no L. Or they say Melissa or sometimes they say Krista or sometimes they call me, I don't even know, a name that I didn't even say. So for the most part, I don't correct people because I don't really care that much. Like you can call me whatever. But for the times that people do know my name, they'll be like, oh my God, that's such a pretty name. It's so unique. And I think my name's kind of like, you know, down the middle where it's it's unique enough where it's not super common, but it's common enough where you might have heard it before. Like, it's not like it's some crazy unique name like Stormy or, I don't know, Air. I'm just like throwing out Kylie Jenner's baby's names. But people always comment on how pretty my name is. Like, that's just like the go-to. And I think it's just like common... I don't know, conversational topics. Or I do get a lot of um, older people that compare me to their grandchildren or someone that they know, which I think is so funny because I never know the context and how they're comparing me and they never show me a picture. So in my brain, I'm like, this person could look like fucking Chewbacca and I would never know. And they're like, you look like my grandchild or you look just like the girl who lives down the street from me. And I always tell people, I'm like, I just think I have a face that could morph into like whatever and people just think I am someone that's related to them. But they never show me a picture. There's only been one time when someone's like, you look like very similar to this girl that I know. And she showed me a picture and I was like, we we could have been like cousins. Like we were very similar looking. We weren't identical. But I was like, wow, that's really crazy. But all the other times nobody shows me a picture. So I'm like, it must be bad. It must be bad if you're not telling me or showing me like, and they never say like, how we look alike. They're just like, you look like this person and they're so gung-ho about it. And then they'll talk about it at the table. Like, doesn't she look like so-and-so? And then it's leaving me standing there and I'm like, okay, um, what am I supposed to say? I can't, I can't just be like, thank you. Cause I have no idea what this person looks like. So I'm just left there awkwardly hanging like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's fun. Like, I don't know. Um, and some story times that I have for you guys that I really wanted to get into is these story times are from when I first started working in the restaurant industry. And it was a job that I hated so much. My first restaurant job I ever did was Buffalo Wild Wings. And before that, I had worked in quote unquote restaurants, but they were fast food service. So very different, but very customer service based, obviously. So When I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings, I don't mind throwing them under the bus because they treated me terribly and I could have probably sued them for having somebody sexually harass me at work and they literally did nothing about it and it was on camera. So yeah, I don't know. I've I've talked about this before, but I had a situation in which someone was sexually harassing me and actually grabbed my butt at work and it was on camera and you could see me visibly upset and talking to another girl and very expressive and um there is no audio for the video unfortunately, but I remember watching the video and like the district manager for the regional part of the Buffalo Wild Wings had to come in and have a meeting and I was beyond upset. I was so angry and we sat down and watched the video and he proceeded to gaslight me and tell me that um, 
what I was seeing with my eyes was incorrect and that nothing was going to be done with it. So I was forced to work with this person for the next few months that I was there. And then he thankfully moved and I didn't have to see him ever again. But that was honestly traumatizing because that happened around the same time I was sexually assaulted. And I felt so helpless and I didn't know what to do. And I know now if it happened now, I would have done more. But knowing what I know now and what my rights are, it's very different. And I just want to hug that version of me and be like, girl, you didn't know. Like, you tried your best. And I really did. And I remember when I left the office, I told the regional manager to go fuck himself. And he, like, I didn't get reprimanded or anything because they knew I, if I wanted to, I could have sued. And I didn't. And I wish I did because no action was taken. He didn't even get, like, told to not come to work for a period of time. Like, I was literally forced to work with him, and I wasn't getting a new job because I was young, I was in school, and it just, it was very overwhelming. So that sucked. But I remember when I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings, I had an incident with a customer, and because of how the environment was, everything was kind of dive barry, I would say, which is kind of like skeevy, very trailer trash, white trash, like white trash, basically. And I can say that because I'm white, so whatever. But it just was gross, the dynamic there. And I remember there was a customer and he was very intoxicated. And I'm pretty sure we had to call him an Uber at some point because he just was, he came into our restaurant drunk. Like, I don't even think it was just the fact that we gave him a couple beers, but he walked in and reeked of alcohol. And he proceeded to come up to me and he was talking to some of his buddies that I was serving at a table. And he was telling me how pretty I was and going on and on and on. And I was very uncomfortable. And then he proceeded to give me a back massage to which I like shrugged very aggressively away from him and was like, please don't, sir, please don't touch me. Like coming up behind me while I'm taking an order and just touching me. Like, so inappropriate. I remember one of my managers that I absolutely loved came over and was like, hey, like, can you please not touch my staff? Like, we're going to ask you to leave. Like, please don't do that. And then I remember I went in the back and I cried because it was around the same time that I got sexually assaulted. It was when I worked at this job. It was like two weeks after I was sexually assaulted. I came back to work and, um, then this happened and I was so hypersensitive. I I would have been upset either way, but it just made it worse. So after that happened, my manager's like, do you want me to ask him to leave? And I was like, no. I was like, I don't really care at this point. So I think they ended up calling him an Uber a little bit later and then he went home, but it was just very uncomfortable. And I remember he like tried to apologize to me for doing it and I like shut him down and I was like, I honestly, I don't want an apology. I just don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to even know you exist. And he was like, okay. <laughs> like it was so awkward. Um, There was another time I had a group of like six to seven people. There was a $400 bill. And they were drinking a lot, they were eating, and the bill average at Buffalo Wild Wings is very low. So to get to a $400 bill was a big deal because our our food and drinks were very cheap. So I was so excited because I was doing so much work and it was just, you know, I was like, yes, I'm going to get like a really good tip. And they were really nice. And then all of a sudden I look and under the checkbook, after they had ran their card, they left me nickels and dimes. And I was like, wait a minute. 
And then I realized that was the tip. And I was like, no. So I'm running outside and I'm like, are you kidding me? And the guys are like, what? And I was like, you guys really didn't tip me. And they sprinted to their car and proceeded to just drive away. I was like, are you joking? I came inside. I was visibly upset. I was crying. I was shaking. And there was nothing on the table. We had cleared it off. And one of either my managers or the customer next to that table, I still don't know to this day who did it, left a $20 bill on the table. And I walked over and I was like, oh, maybe they did leave me a tip. And one of the servers was like, no, that wasn't there. Like someone put that there. I don't know who it was. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding? So instead of like getting a, I don't know, 60 to 80 dollar tip on that table i got 20 dollars, which is like still substantially low for the amount of work that i had to do but still something and i always remember that there are people watching in situations when they see shitty situations and they don't want to be thanked they don't want to be known and they just do kind things because they're just kind people and i always remembered that and thinking like this person did just made my day by doing that and they and didn't even give up their identity, didn't tell me who they were. And to this day, I still don't know who it was. And it made my day. And I still think about it. Um, I remember walking in, this is another story, to one of the fridges slash freezers at the restaurant I was working at uh, in the in back in the day. And people were doing Coke and Whippets. And I have never done drugs in my entire life, so I was traumatized, and I didn't tell my manager, one of the managers, because one of them was in the cooler, and I was like, I don't want to get them in trouble. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. So I just straight up kept it to myself. We definitely talked about it, like, talked about it, like, amongst each other at work, but, like, nobody told on anybody in that aspect because I don't think anybody wanted to deal with the re- repercussions. Um, some of the people that worked there were kind of sketchy. I personally didn't want to get involved with that crowd or be a tattletale because I was always afraid, like, will they retaliate? So I just kind of stayed away, but yeah, walking into people doing whippets and coke and being high and working, it just... Honestly, it it grossed me out because I'm just like, this is such a violation for health codes. This is against the law. This is like so many things wrong with this. But I just kept it to myself because, I again, I didn't want anybody to retaliate. Um, we had a bartender who at my old job stole money and they tracked him for... I think a couple years and he was slowly taking small amounts out of the register and he was, I believe, using gift cards and floating sodas. So I don't know if you know this, but if you take a soda and it's on a bill and someone's paying in cash, I believe, he would take the cash from that table and then he would take the soda off that bill and move it to another bill so that he would keep that cash and he would keep moving that same soda over and over and over again to a bunch of tables and to different uh, bar guests. And then say he was stealing like $30 a day. Well, that adds up. And he was doing that for I want to say a year or two, and he was stealing thousands of dollars, not from the guests because they were paying, but from the company because they were, you know, thinking that 
he was getting paid on this, but he really wasn't. So it just was, wait, no. So technically, no, the customer paid for the soda, so he wasn't taking money from the the people. He was just taking money from the company. I think that's how it would work. But yeah, it's just people get around in weird ways, but they don't realize that there's people on the other end that are watching them and red flagging them. And every time they do something sketchy, it gets noted. And you might not get caught now, but you'll get caught at some point. And he did. And I think instead of pressing charges, he just got like flat out fired. And I think the reason for that also is, is because if he got charges pressed against him or it went further, other people probably would have gotten in trouble too because managers weren't aware. Like, nobody was really, like, keeping tabs on him. Like, it was weird that no one really, like, caught on to it. So, I don't know. Very, very weird things happening. Also, I remember we had a cook and... For so long, the beer cooler wasn't locked, and I've never worked at a restaurant before where a a beer cooler wasn't locked, but they were saying over and over again, like, we're missing this this brand of bottled beer. And I don't want to say the brand because I don't want anybody to try to say who I'm talking about, but... I, in my brain, was like, I know exactly who who drinks that beer. So I didn't say shit because, again, we were working with people where I was like, I don't want people to retaliate against me. It was one of those things, like, you would see people do stuff and I would just be like, I'm not getting involved because at that job specifically, like, I was actually scared of some of these people. So I was like, I'm not saying shit. So after a while, I started seeing, like, these the same beer that was being stolen from work out in the parking lot and this person was so dumb like they never like discarded these beer bottles and instead they would like line them up around the parking spot that they would park at all the time so it was like obvious that this person was like stealing beer drinking it in the parking lot and then driving home but we had a huge dumpster right there I'm like you could have easily thrown it in the dumpster like you are a stupid stupid idiot like you you're so fucking dumb so I, like, obviously a lot of us put two and two together, and I think eventually someone told him, like, hey, like, they're going to catch on to you because they've been finding beer bottles in the parking lot. You need to stop doing what you're doing. And then then after that, I believe they started locking the beer cooler so nobody but bartenders and managers could get in. But it was so easy for people to steal at that restaurant, and it was, it blew my mind that people would steal from this restaurant. Like, I was like, I am not ballsy enough to do that. But it's like, I just was always a watcher. Like, why are these people getting away with this? Why are these people doing this? And there are plenty of other people that saw it. It wasn't just me. And they could have said something that were, you know, more more liked in that aspect with the people that were stealing. But I don't know. I just never wanted to get involved because it was my first restaurant job. And it just was dicey to me. And also... I had my first Super Bowl experience. I don't think I'll ever experience like this, like something like this again. It's like when the Patriots won a few years back and everybody in the restaurant was flipping out. People were throwing actual glasses of beer like on the ground. There was beer everywhere. People were making out with each other. People were screaming. People were getting up on the bar. People were dancing. Like I have videos of it and I'll probably post them sometime next week. But um, I have to go through my phone and find them. But it's just like people dancing on the bar like I remember it being such an adrenaline rush watching everybody freak out and talking to managers and being like what do we do and they're like well 
just let them live their lives, like, whatever, we'll clean up the mess after. Like, we just, like, didn't care. And it was such, like, a freeing, happy experience, even though it was, like, kind of violent because people are throwing shit around. But it was, like, after the Patriots won, like, I'm not even into sports, and I could feel the energy in the room, and it was insane. And I think I'll always remember that moment. And watching customers just go ape shit and just like let it, the managers like letting it happen and everyone ended up getting home safe and like being fine and whatever because it was a lot of regulars that showed up but it just was I don't know I've never experienced anything like that where people just like even employees were getting like ape shit wild and the managers were like eh, whatever like it's it's our night to just be crazy so I don't know. I don't think I'll ever work at a job that's like that again. All these stories are from Buffalo Wild Wings, and they are just not a good company. As much as many good experiences and amazing friends I've made from that job that I still have to this day, it's it was such a wild job to have because there really were no rules. Like, servers and bartenders literally ran that restaurant. The managers were basically like second fiddle. We had a new GM every six months to a year, and I was there for three or four years. So I had a new general manager who would run the entire restaurant every six months. That's like a new manager every, I think I had between four and six different managers. They just kept getting fired or leaving, and it was just always like some dramatic exit that would happen. And it was insane. Um, I have so many more stories. So if you guys like stories like this, let me know. And I will definitely talk about it more. Um, but only if you guys want me to. I know sometimes people don't like story times, but I find it interesting because especially if you don't work in the restaurant industry, it's kind of wild to hear these stories. Or if you do, you're like, yep, I can relate to that. So I hope you guys have a great night. I will see you tomorrow for Sunday Scaries. Um, not really sure what the topic is yet. I'm kind of playing with a couple of ideas, but I'm so happy that you guys are enjoying this podcasting every single day. It's been honestly a labor of love, uh, emphasis on the labor, but I absolutely love it. And it's definitely sparked a new joy and I don't know, like a fire inside of me to do more fun things like this. So if you like this content and you like how I'm podcasting right now, please leave me a review on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please leave me a review. Share it with your friends. Uh, I don't even care if you talk shit about me. Put it in the group chat. You're talking shit about me. Share it with your friends so you can all, you guys can all laugh and give me downloads. Okay. I love you so much. Have a great weekend and I'll see you tomorrow. Until next time. Bye.